0: episode 120 today is like june no it's july because the fourth of july already passed yeah july 11th 2014
1: yes 2014 2014 saves time and, and here morning. we are another podcast of the two half squads the one and only podcast dedicated 100 percent to the greatest game in the world and that would be of course advanced, advanced squad, squad leader. leader ding ding and we are your hosts once again. 100, episode 120—that's the, you know, after you get over 100, everything's a milestone. I feel like kind of is. Yeah, I mean, 119 was epic. Yeah, because we had—we've stopped being interesting on episode 19, <laughs> and everything's so just being repeated. Episode 119 was especially uh, significant because of that. So, and and we thought, you know, many times we thought, man, maybe we should quit this because we're no longer interesting. Nah. That wouldn't stop us. No. We're getting together. It's a Friday night. We don't normally do Friday nights. So no. it's kind of weird. You it's a feel, weird. You feel a little odd? Yeah, although I'm I
0: thought off maybe work, my shirt was on
1: backwards, so. <laughs> but.
0: so yeah, yeah, I'm off work, but it I, I had a long day. Talk about it in a minute, but um but um we don't have to get up tomorrow early, do you?
1: Yeah, I probably will. <laughs> I probably do. Well, I took a week's vacation. Yes. How was your vacation? It Jim? was very nice, but I don't get paid for vacation because I work for myself. And so, um, you know, when I get home, there's all that. There's a lot. So not only <laughs> did I not get paid for that week, but I spent money that week. So it was especially in the hole. But I had some fun. I stopped in Washington, D.C. That's right. For a day and saw some things. Went to the Air and Space Museum and um, a few other things. The train st- The beautiful train station. What's in the Air and Space Museum? Well, they have a lot of uh, planes and space stuff. Space stuff. A lot of stuff from NASA. Was they, I th- was, a, p- is
0: it, was I there, or is it the Smithsonian?
1: Is it? Well, it's part of the Smithsonian. Okay. The Smithsonian. There's multiple Smithsonian yes. museums there. Yeah, because they they've got the castle there, which is kind of just a visitor center now. It's got a few things in it. Yes, that's right. Nothing really that great. They have things like a chip of wood from Thomas Jefferson's nightstand or something. It had some really weird little things there. Pretty hard to verify that that was his that chip from his nightstand, I think. <laughs> and
0: so that yeah, that's a place you just check
1: in and get some yeah. information and then head out. It You're in Space me. did it have the Kitty
0: Hawk in it? Yeah. Okay. I think
1: yeah. I did go in there. Yeah. It reminds me of when I went to uh, I was in Istanbul. Fortunate. I was in Istanbul some years ago. I was on a secret mission. I I can talk about it now. It's been declassified, but some very interesting museums there, and one of which, uh, I don't recall the name of it, but it had uh, some of Mohammed's beard hair, oh. a lock of his beard hair. And I thought, how do they know? Do they really know?
0: At some point, you got to trust whoever claimed, made the claim. You do? I think so. <laughs> well, Unless somebody, you could do some DNA testing tra- now on that. Well, you'd need, to, yeah, you need some DNA from Mohammed.
1: Oh, and he doesn't have descendants, or did he? Yeah, he did, didn't he? I'm sure he did. Uh, There's a lot of guys named Muhammad, yeah. but we don't want to get in any trouble. No, we don't somehow. want to get in any trouble. <laughs> yeah, if we're crossing any lines here, that first of all, that's not unusual. And second of all, we're ignorant. It's, so, out, yeah. it's out of stupidity, folks. <laughs>
0: yeah. So don't come after us. Yeah. We apologize now. How's yeah. that? Yeah, yeah we apologize right
1: now for, for all you people that we've offended and, and will someday offend. <laughs> so it's a blanket statement. Yeah. So aerospace museum was was cool, and there was some cool. It was you know what the most interesting thing about the museum, though, to me, was the people that were there. And this is one of the busiest museums, if not the busiest museum in the United States. And the the you would think it would just be guys like our age that want to go and see Apollo stuff that they lived through, and World War II stuff that yeah. their dads lived through, and Korean War stuff. Yeah. Every kind of person you can imagine. Well, maybe not every. The three-legged guy was not there. I know you were thinking of him. He was not there. But young people, old people, uh, all different races. Um, I, I was struck in particular by an Oriental Asian woman. I think she was Japanese. She just kind of had that look about her. And With we the apologize very... now for yeah. that also. Yes. <laughs> <That's> what... <laughs> she was in near the Kitty Hawk uh, display, the Wright Brothers thing carrying a baby, and she was leaning over the display and just reading intently all of the text. And there were a couple of, like, uh, in another area, some hip-hop guys talking uh, talking about a jet fighter that was hanging, you know, and they were talking about the armament and in stuff. In hip-hop on language, too? Yeah, <laughs> yo. Hey, yo. That's where... Da- <laughs> da- and we, we apologize <laughs> yeah, for that ap- again. Yes, we do. Yeah, so it was really, it was amazing seeing all the different people there that, that are interested in air and space.
0: Yeah. When, if uh, two wrongs don't make a right, what do two rights
1: make, Jeff? An airplane. The airplane. Yeah. Ooh. And, oh. and we apologize for yes. that. <laughs> We're going to call this episode, We're Sorry. We're sorry. Sorry about that. We're just plain sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah, so that's what I did for a week. It's
0: that's encouraging that such a variety of people do have that kind of interest. And they were lined up. Cross-generational, too?
1: Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you mean young and old? I don't yes. Think that's a big word, cross-generational. <laughs> yeah, young and old, and, and they were lined up outside. I got there, uh, it was on a Thursday, I, think, I don't remember what day of the week, Monday, I guess. People were lined up to get in at 10 o'clock, and that place filled up fast. So they have very nice bathrooms there too. Are there, like sections of that, and you cross from one to the other? <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, that's I not suppose. very clear. No, it's just it's kind of like your garage where it's just uh, everything's all over the place. And... Okay, no, I think it, yeah, it's very well.
0: I think I'm thinking of the Dayton. There's a great air museum, yeah, Dayton Patterson Air Force Base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of that one. So that's I a very, been very into good the one,
1: one you've been into. Okay, yeah. But yeah, they had a section for World War One and World War Two, and you know, all that other stuff. <laughs> That's all I cared about, and then all that other stuff. Well, the Apollo stuff was always very interesting to me. I liked all that Skylab. I didn't care too much about. It was like, eh, yeah. Apollo, or like the, the planes stuff.
0: that broke certain records. You don't care much about either. Yeah. Right? Well, no, they like, had
1: eh. yeah a little bit X X fifteen and stuff like that. So get there. And so, what did you? What have you been up to?
0: Well, I had quite the day today you can glance through that jeff and um I had relatives in from Ohio and my let's see wife's sister's husband so
1: my nice brother-in-law is that right <laughs> hold on let me get out my my uh graphics software
0: he uh <clears throat> he has a son who's my age and then a a young daughter my daughter's age he had second marriage and uh late child uh there um and so the son is was speaking at and and selling art at godzilla fest or g-fest g-fest i think it's the 22nd does it say on the front top xxi 21 you're good (laughs) (laughs) uh and so, and yeah, I would never been either. They are coming into town. We're going to – got to go to this G-Fest for a while. And G-Fest. So I'm like, well, I'll, of course
1: I'll go with, right? Yeah, because you like G.
0: Yeah. And I, you know
1: – Can't get enough G. And so got there and
0: like a cross-generational thing too. But some were parents with their kids bringing them because yeah. their kids are Godzilla fans. Yeah. It was hard to tell. But then you'd see families where you could tell the husband and wife and young child – Middle aged child and young child all liked Godzilla. Wow. Because they all were wearing shirts or something, right? You can just kind of tell. But so there was a, I was surprised, you know, guys my age and so on. Ooh. And he, we met his son. He was selling his artwork there. We took over control of the booth while he went to a symposium that I didn't get to, but I found the one on modeling. So there was a guy modeling. They had the new Gorgo model kit out by Monarch Models, which is some American version of Godzilla. Which I never saw the movie, but I went ahead and ordered the kit like two weeks ago.
1: Yeah, and You some... didn't see the new movie? Is that what you're saying? Oh, we did see Godzilla. No, oh, Gorgo
0: is some other. Oh, Gorgo, somebody guy. else. Yeah, I thought he was maybe a guy that fought Godzilla, but apparently he's an American Godzilla version. Somehow I missed this film. Yeah, but I <laughs> bought the model anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, and so. Um the art, of course, was kind of cool yeah, I mean, you've been to Gen con, not quite the level of art there yet, but this thing's growing. I think they said they had six thousand people and only four thousand last year. The modeling guy was cool, and they had of course great realistic models and dioramas, and he did four four hour sessions, building kits, resin, and plastic, and all kinds of styrene and Painting and then. Was it all Godzilla stuff like no, you they, well, they were showing? No, they were into that kind of stuff. So there was some King oh, okay. Kong. And, oh. and that's the thing it's a narrow focus convention. Yeah. So if you're doing a sci fi, you might be able to pick up the Godzilla stuff and more. Whereas if you go into this, but then the, the merchandise room was fairly large. Yeah. You know, again, nothing like Gen Con, but. Um, And amazing, the quantity of Godzilla product, toys, models made. I bet you could get a Godzilla miniature in every eighth of an inch
1: scale from... Starting at an eighth of an inch, probably. Almost. Going up. It was amazing. Yeah.
0: Um, Imported stuff, out-of-print stuff, you know. They had some of the famous Monsters magazines I used to have as a kid. We talked about before on the air. Yeah, Some cool Doctor Who t-shirts and things and... Um, what else they ran? A film festival, constant films. They oh. had the films running on the televisions inside the rooms on the local channel at the hotel. Oh. Of constant, you know, kind of giant, giant robots, giant monsters kinds of yeah. stuff. And so when then Steve, the, the son, ran a symposium, I guess, or a uh, it wasn't a panel, but people all came called Godzilla Stories. And they shared their experiences with Godzilla.
1: Hmm. Really?
0: It, yeah. And I thought, oh, well, this will be different. And people just started talking. Would come up and sit at the front and well, when I <laughs> you know it almost took on and Sounds like group therapy. It, it really it, well and in a way it was. Yeah. It was. And what I noticed was the first several to speak were autistic kids. Hmm. And I apologize for that. But um, you know, clearly they as well. Clearly these kids were 1215 they were really focused on this one thing yeah. and their 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 interpersonal skills were were not there um very odd mannerisms and things and yeah. you know you're thinking the nerd kind of thing but but really i believe there was this autism going on i've worked with yeah. the kids with that at school mm-hmm. and but it was w- actually nice to hear them talk mm-hmm. about their experiences and that my brother-in-law's son did a great job of pulling things out of them and questioning them. And everyone was marvelously relating to this and kind. And then another another guy got up who seemed like an average guy. Maybe he was now 20. And he talked about meeting his good friend through a picture of Godzilla on the wall at school. And then they started coming to this Godzilla fest. and, And he talked about, you know, everyone else picking on them and making fun of them. And so you could see the need for this kind of a place where they're normal yeah. in the midst of people who would mock them. And right. Gen Con's kind of the same way, right? Yeah. It's just yeah. 60,000 people going to Gen Con. Right. And then I was thinking, well, oh, and then a woman got up and talked about she was not even a Godzilla fan, started bringing her kid because he made her, and then now she's in love with it, and all the people are so nice, and
1: you know we get to meet the same
0: people year after year. And so I thought about how does this relate to an ASL tournament?
1: How does it? I hand it over to you. Oh, you're handing <laughs> it to, oh because you don't know? Well, I was going to get your thoughts on it first. Well, I, you know, certainly an ASL tournament is a place for guys to get together that share the same passion. Guys that wouldn't, otherwise not, may have nothing in common. And uh, guys that have uh, questionable social skills. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you really think that? Or no, not? no, I don't think that. Yeah.
0: I don't think that. I, th- I think that ASL you know, I, crowd again is different than a D and D crowd yes. or a Godzilla yeah, Fest th- crowd. Yeah, probably. I think they're less Well, they all wear the T shirts. We all Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of T shirts, we'll yeah. wait till later in the show, folks. Yeah. Um I don't know. Are, they, are we as fanatic
1: as they are? Probably, but nah, uh, as fanatic as the Godzilla yeah. people. Yeah, probably in a, in a different way. Yeah, yeah. Sure. People like to get together and and share their experiences with uh, their and their common interests and their passion. And you yeah. can't
0: do that at you know the party your mom's having
1: or no. Christmas time or the no. Nope. You know. And I've tried. I've tried sharing my passion with my non-gamer friends, and they don't. They just don't get it. They tune me out. They have paid me to leave. <laughs> they offer me <laughs> gifts. Guy rented a car for me and uh, told me to drive somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, they don't get it. Is Even even though I try when I talk to them on those really rare occasions when they ask me about it, because mostly they don't ask me about it. And I ask them about everything. I ask them about their golf, their kids, and all that other boring stuff they do. <laughs> do they ever ask me about squad leader? Never. Never. But, you know, on those in those times when I do, I try to be really engaged and, like, sell it. And maybe I come through like I'm trying to sell it. I don't know. But they have no, it just doesn't. doesn't. Yeah, and I, I would say you have very good social skills,
0: intrapersonal skills. Very, so? very good.
1: Really? Yeah, so you'd I don't. Give me a gold star? You, I would. Plays you never, well with
0: others. <laughs> and you'd not be the guy who I would ever have to shush, you know, or point out that people are yawning. So. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, anyway. Yeah. First Godzilla Fest ever, uh, a day of it was plenty for me. Yeah. Although tomorrow would full. be the costume parade and all that. Sure. You know. It goes with these kind of Comic-Con. I noticed the Comic-Con this year was getting a lot of press coverage.
1: It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I yeah, think the movies are
0: making it bigger. Probably. And I wonder if this recent success of this Godzilla film
1: this year. Probably. Making Godzilla Fest. And plus people, you know, going through Comic-Con, they're probably looking for stuff like Comic-Con. Now that they've experienced And now they're seeing, it. oh, there's Godzilla Fest. And next thing you know, they'll be going, oh, the ASL Open. <laughs> Let's go there. <laughs> oh, you know, see,
0: there's the there's the difference between, you know, the ASL thing. It doesn't cross over from a Gen Con gaming experience.
1: No, not very really well at all. And no. although a
0: lot of us say we played role I playing mean, games yeah. or other board games, and it wouldn't cross over from a film. No, a lot of film festival. No, it doesn't. Sort.
1: Really, it doesn't. Uh,
0: whereas there is crossover between the Godzilla fest and a comic fest. Probably a lot yeah. more of
1: that. Yeah, maybe you know if there was more <clears throat> like costumes, if there was more <laughs> costume wearing in ASL. <laughs> That kind of thing, and more movies. I mean, there, well, there are plenty of war movies. Yeah, but
0: we don't run war movie film fests when the tournament's going on. We go, game, or hang out, and yeah. then eat, Yeah, game some more. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Except maybe Oktoberfest, which is a longer experience if you're there longer.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, they don't bring in all the artists, and people don't, you know. No scantily clad oh. women or, <laughs> no, or which, no. No movie stars and stuff come to ASL tournaments and like sell their uh, autographs. No, we never see any of that. And even game designers like Perry and I. Paid, I offered Perry forty bucks for his autograph and and a, and a photo op, but no, <laughs> he was holding out for eighty. Yeah, and you think about that too. There are big names in the business. Do they go to the um, board gaming championships? That I don't think so. Donald, I don't think so. Greenwood runs. Yeah. Yeah, because that's pretty big—the World Board Gaming Championship. Yeah, yeah, no, but you go to Comic Con. There's another one. There's a Star Trek big Star Trek convention coming to the area also, and all of those stars go there, and they you line up and pay for photo ops and stuff like that. We'll never have that in board gaming, I don't think. Because I can't not movies, imagine, even I mean... though board games do cross over. I mean, you know, Transformer. Well, that's not a board game, but what, what, what do any games cross over? They're working on a Magic the Gathering ga- uh, movie. Oh, are they? Yeah, I heard. And there's a little bit of D and D. Yeah, that crosses over. They did some films for that. Yeah. I don't know, but maybe we've talked about that enough. Okay, but I'm glad you brought me this, <laughs> and uh, I'm glad you had a good time.
0: Yeah, I had. I think the one of the best times. My niece actually dressed up as a person from Titan or. Attack on Titan. It's some cosplay stuff that I don't do. Yeah. But people recognized her, took their picture with her. Really? Or, wow. Yeah. It was really neat. And her dad was really appreciative of seeing these people appreciate her. Yeah. Because he doesn't see that. Yeah. All I right. them, oh, yeah, no, this is normal. Yeah. You, know, you got a cool outfit. It's something people love. They all t-
1: want to take your picture. And yeah. Yeah. Was there anybody from Star Trek there? Because those guys always show up like <laughs> all the cons. And- <laughs> no. <laughs> they had the special effects guy from Godzilla and something else. Oh, wow. A woman. Yes. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, remember the contests we ran? I remember we had contests, lots of contests. We barely
0: remembered the, contest, yeah, the didn't contests, didn't we? The
1: contests were more complicated than ASL almost. <laughs> well, it wasn't, but.
0: So we were looking through our Gmails, our like thinking there. about doing letters next, and realized, hey, we have an unfinished contest. Contest? Well, yeah. June 14th or 16th yeah, or something. something like that. Right. And it was call in or write us and tell us.
1: Do you let people win? When you play ASL. When you play
0: ASL. And or why. anything.
1: Yeah, and why? Or don't you? And why?
0: And we think we have five entries
1: yes. for this contest. Would you like to read one, Jeff? Yes, I'll read this one from, should I say who it's from? Yeah, uh, yes. Okay. Jack Boyle wrote and said, Here's my philosophy about letting people win or getting advice. One. I never let them win. I don't want them to let me win. Two, when I'm playing anyone, if I think they're making a mistake because they simply forgot something, I think it's sporting to point it out. So if I think they're forgetting to advance a unit or if they start prep firing infantry before doing OBA or smoke, I'll let them know, and I hope they'll do the same for me. Three, when I'm playing new players, I usually stop them when they try to do something that couldn't possibly get them anywhere. Couldn't help them. So taking a, taking a one firepower plus three shot or advanced firing on a broken unit that will surrender in the next phase anyway. Mm-hmm. So he'll, he'll tell them that. Four, when I'm playing newer players, I usually don't tell them mid-game if they're making decisions I think are bad, but could still work out to their advantage. Things like prep firing too much on the attack or making low probability shots against a high sniper value. I'll mention it to them after the game. But I think they should get to command their own side. And if I interfere too much, that takes a lot of fun out of it. It's kind of like golf. You don't want too much advice when you're playing golf. You know what I mean? you ever <laughs> play golf? No. I do. And I get way too much advice. <laughs> what is there to say
0: in golf? There's no strategy. Uh, you just
1: swing. No, yeah, but always somebody's always giving you, the, <laughs> oh, you're standing too close to the ball. You're standing too far away from the ball. You know, you're, standing, you're not addressing the ball correctly. Always. So it's not like instead of landing the ball...
0: Like strategy, like if you land on your opponent's golf well, ball, <laughs> you bounce it out of the out of the way. Or something? There is a
1: little of that. Let's say, yeah, I I do two short clubs and then uh, then a long iron and or a long club and two short irons. You know, there's some strategy. Well, there. I guess we're going to be getting the letters from the golf fans. Yeah, we apologize to all one. the golf people, all of them. So is that that's nice. The end of his yeah,
0: no, well thought out and well said, Jack. You are in our contest. And I have a a letter, Gmail, from Alan Hume. From Scotland. One of our frequent contributors. Yes. And he says, I just wanted to enter your contest, if I may, by saying I never let anyone win. Well, more accurately, I never let Rod win, as he's the only person I play. Voluntarily, as I myself win so few games, I have to try and try to stay competitive at all times. So, while I never actively let anyone win, that's not to say they don't beat me into a soggy lump at regular intervals. Anyhow, and then he goes on to talk about the uh, regular ASL information.
1: So, but that counts as an entry to our contest. Thank you, Alan. And I've got one here from Jason Francis, who writes, My view on letting people win and helping them during a game is as follows. There are two cases to consider. Case one, when someone is doing someone is doing something the hard way, and the rules allow an easy way that everyone except perhaps the newbie that you're playing against knows of, then I think it's best to inform him slash her at that moment. Boy, that's optimistic of him. Him slash her, <laughs> like there's any hers that count really. Oh, oh, oh sorry. sorry, sorry. I'm a newbie, so I don't know all of the cases, but I often hear bypass come up in situations like this. Another case might be the late CX. Sometimes you just need that one extra movement factor. Okay, case two. When someone's making a tactical error or putting themselves at risk unnecessarily, I think you should let it play out. And perhaps a couple of terms later, at the end of the game, you can say, hey, you know, you probably shouldn't have done X, Y, or Z instead of doing A, B, C. Yeah, I kind of like that idea. I of my friend Wally would used to do that with me. He'd yeah. let me lose, and then he'd try and help me along. Yeah. Case two is particularly important because this is where we separate knowing something and understanding something. In life, he goes on to say, how often do we do something we know we shouldn't do? To th- take things to extreme, jails are full of people who did things that <laughs> did something they knew they shouldn't have done. ASL is just a game. Learning the hard way is the best way to understand why you should and shouldn't do certain things. Well, I, 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 he's right about that. So anyway, take my advice. Stacking to the limit is always a good idea. Try it. I, I think he wants he wants to get a shot at that big stack. <laughs> so thank you, Jason, for that. What else we have? We've got a couple of call-ins. Audios. Yes, we already played Dustin Witch's yeah.
0: last show or one of the other shows right. or somewhere in there. So he's in the contest. Dustin, you're in. That's number four. And our fifth person is a caller. Mark
1: kratz oh and it's mark kratz again i forgot one thing you have a contest um so i may as well enter it since i'm recording something and that is do i pull punches when i teach new people to play asl haven't taught a lot of new players but i have uh, taught some in the last little while generally speaking i play as well as i can Uh, i think that's always a good way to play games but I will admit that I don't use advanced rules such as bypass, things like that, necessarily when I'm teaching a new player. I would tend not to, uh, to do anything like that. But yeah, I normally play as, as hard as I would play against an experienced opponent because I think that makes the game more fun for everybody. Anyhow, those are my comments. Mark Kratz again. Thank you. Bye. So there we go. Five people. Thank you, Mark. Good advice also. Yes. So now we get to determine... Which of the five are going to win? So we've got five dice here. Now the two call-ins will get a plus one dice modifier. Uh, no, oh. Won. No, they won't. Oh. No dice wrong. <laughs> no ooh, ooh, roll. No die roll modifier. Wow. You're, you're making this really exciting, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> All right, we just okay. had to pause here to figure out. How, <laughs> so, how so Jeff was going to
0: roll random selection of the five people. We and I said, don't you just want to roll a six sided? No. <laughs> and number one is the it's one. Five people. Six is re-roll. And so we thought, yeah, random selection would be better. And then I always go light lightest to darkest, top to bottom. I wanted to, right. to
1: do red, white, and blue. Dave's hey. got his spectroscope out. So, <laughs> so I made him do it the way I'm used to seeing it, measuring in the black the wave and white length.
0: photograph. Of these dice. So, ready, Jeff? This is for... This is exciting. There's for, two winners today. Oh, there are two winners. And what do they win? Or does there just one winner? We're going
1: to make this up as we go or, oh, yeah. again, aren't we? we Wait, well, there's one winner. One winner. Yeah. And then we have a backup prize for yeah. the next winner of the oh, next, the next contest. contest. Right. This winner is going to win a Sabaton CD. Choice of either like World we- War Live,
0: Battle of the Baltic, or... Careless Rex, Sabaton, yeah. Swedish power metal. Command prizes provided
1: to us from a listener. Yeah, and here we go. Here we go. And this is going into the uh, padded dice tower, so it's a little anticlimactic, but it was. You couldn't even hear that. He re-rolled one that came out. Okay, and so we've got a tie. Diamonds. We've got a tie here, so I got to re-roll Between these two. Between what colors? Green and black. That is the third, third person, and the fifth one which was
0: jason francis you're in this and dustin witches <laughs> ready
1: here's the here roll we, off here we go and the winner is dustin witches five. congratulations dustin the winner you are the lucky winner
0: so dustin email us we know you will i think he listens to every show right away yeah i think he does and often contacts us and so hey let us know you want world war live or Carolus Rex?
1: That we are not responsible for any ear damage that may occur from listening to Sabaton CDs. And if you want to know who Sabaton is, listen to episode where we talked about Sabaton.
0: That's right, ladies
1: and gentlemen. time for letters. It's time for letters. Guess what time it is. It's time for letters. All right,
0: kiddies. That was the speed-up version. Sorry, sorry. Yes, it was.
1: Touching the microphone. Don't touch the microphone. Stop that, laddie. <coughs> and we've got letters. We didn't do letters in the last two episodes uh, because we had some guests in. And they don't... They didn't... Uh, we just didn't. So here we go. <laughs> Doesn't matter why. Okay. Well, it's not like they were against letters, but no, we had that's other right. things to cover while we they were here. Okay. Here's a letter from Jason. Great show. It's a shame I only discovered you now six years later, slowly trying to catch up on your podcasts. I'm on episode 13. Long way to go yet, but it's an enjoyable journey. I only play solitaire since I use ASL to learn about history and simulating tactical decisions. Uh, Jason posted that on our website, but, um, or did he? I don't know. I don't know where, oh yeah, I don't know where it came from. But anyway, thank you, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) So that's interesting. So he's got a really good, he's got a different reason. Normally when we talk to somebody who plays ASL alone, it's because they cannot find a face-to-face opponent. Here's a guy who's purposely doing it alone, solitaire, because he just uses it to learn history and simulate tactical decisions. That is a great, yeah, interesting. Great, never heard a of different that. angle on yeah. it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for sharing. And um, we want to remind everyone that uh, this podcast is brought to you by donations from listeners like Malcolm C. Thank you very much. Thanks, Malcolm. Malcolm for the kind Ka-ching. donation. What kind? The kind donation. The kind we the like PayPal to get. Kind, yes. <laughs> and the prophet had left a comment. On episode 116 normally we don't read the comments all so don't expect them but i i started so i must have had a reason let's find out if i do hey jeff and dave i enjoyed the last couple shows miss the funny
1: skits jokes the funny skits yeah we haven't done skits in a we've
0: while we've been stuck yeah on creative i don't know
1: yeah we're writer's block creative problem both
0: maybe any chance of bringing them back jeff
1: yes absolutely there's a chance of bringing them back okay I sometimes let newbies win. Uh-oh. This is, <laughs> oh, no. this is an entry to the contest. Okay, I'll, let me roll. I'll roll okay, for him okay, now. Okay, we're going to roll fair and square roll for, him for him now. No. One. you. No. You got a one, which
0: is on the sniper die yeah. <laughs> from battle school, yeah. which would have been a great... But, you know, no, honestly, the profit, we... Yeah, we did, we did we roll, just rolled you got a it, one. And we would post that. Otherwise, we would won. have sent you We'd something. We'd be glad to send it to you. Dustin would understand. Yeah. He's our buddy. Kind of. Although we've never met Dustin, have we? Maybe? No. But sometimes I let newbies win. Not exactly. But make movement decisions which are not in my best interest or point out rules they could take advantage of. ASL has so many rules. Noobs are at a very real disadvantage when playing a veteran ASLer. Our hobby needs young bloods if it's to survive. You both recently attended Open ASL Open. He's saying to us, of course. How many college kids were there? Boy, I don't... uh... One, one I think. probably one. And so, anyway, last August at the WBC World... Board Gaming Convention. Championship. Championship. Convention, Convention. Um, the MMP... multiman Publishing. Booth had ASLSK1.
1: Advanced Squad Leader Starter Kit 1.
0: <laughs> for S symbol with a line through it. Dollars. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> when oh. I, I asked, thought these were out of print. He was told they have a few, which they bring to conventions. Now, I purchased. A they couple don't sell them, they just bring them to the conventions. <laughs> to, no, then they sell them there. Oh. You know, giving preference to real fanatics, I guess. I purchased a couple of our gaming group to offer his club prizes. Oh, he has better prizes than we do. Well, not better than Sabaton, but better than yeah. some of our prizes. You can't beat Sabaton. No. And anyway, he later saw get one on eBay for 70 bucks. Whoa! Surefire way of enticing newcomers. Let's gouge them good right yeah. at the start.
1: yeah. And so, thoughts, Jeff? I think you should rethink your uh, your eBay habits, <laughs> I, Dave. Knew you me. <laughs> I knew you were going to mention me. I knew you were going to mention You me. don't gouge people. Yeah, I will. I will gouge you. I mean, if oh, I you, <laughs> I was giving you an out. No. If I
0: have a product I have purchased <laughs> as an investment, right? Well, here's the okay, here's the thing. Tom Barkle was at my house. Yeah. And he had said um, I'm looking for, I forget what it was, some old game. They're not going to make any more. Yeah. Um, Partisan or one of those. Yeah. And sure enough, I said, well, I have one in the closet here, wrapped. The closet. Yeah. And if you want it, I'll put it on eBay and you can compete with everyone else fair and square.
1: Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs>
0: no, no. Yeah. I went ahead and gave it to him for like 20 and then I'm like, you know, I'm going to regret that uh, hundred years from now when I've had my heart replacement, yeah, like mechanical. No, cyber, I'm a cyborg, and I'm going to wish I had that game from hundred years ago.
1: Maybe it will be in Tom's will. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Well, he's in mine actually. But, well, Is he? My pretend will. I have
0: a pretend will. Yeah, that'll hold. <laughs> up. <I> bro- yeah, <laughs> what the hell? Well, my wife What's... can. You know, she'll have a list of ah. call these guys. You know, oh, actually, okay. Tom's supposed to get like the gaming stuff, and then yeah. eBay it off whatever my kids don't want, and then half goes to charity with Laura, whatever she wants to do, and half goes to Tom for doing the work. Yeah. Because uh, what is she going to do with all that, you know? <laughs> okay, anyway. She might start playing once you're out of the picture. <laughs> she, she might. Um, hey, my boys are expressing a stronger interest now in playing again. This a- ASL or yeah, what? ASL. Really? So I need to jump on oh, it right now cool, yeah. while Adam is curious again.
1: You could probably, you know, what I would do is, I think you could sell starter kit to your boys maybe for <laughs> 35 bucks. <laughs> right
0: <laughs> don't go out <laughs> of ebay and compete for it so anyway um he brings up a good point so um and jeff if you recall i
1: think paratrooper i think you have a copy i, I do have a copy of paratrooper i did not gouge you no you didn't Fair you no did player. that's right uh there's actually there was another donation that we didn't mention from Stephen. A. thank you steven thank for you for supporting this podcast yeah. and bringing it to the listeners that's great free of
0: charge for them
1: and here is a uh, here's an email from Austin. Oh, hey, guys. I think you have a fun show. I don't play ASL, but the guy who does, I've Been Diced, recommended you. Oh, right. Podcast. Yeah. Uh, you two are a great methadone for all the board game fun I haven't had time for lately due to a crazy schedule. I think you guys bantering back and forth is fun, and the audio ki- clips of gameplay is fun, too. Thanks a bunch for the show. You're welcome. But methadone, isn't that a drug? Yeah, it's for when you're coming off of heroin. They give you methadone. Of course, I don't know, I don't know that first firsthand, of course. Are you, are you making fun of people with drug addiction? Yeah, I am, and I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I wish I could afford a drug addiction. I wish <laughs> I could afford a really expensive drug addiction. No, you don't. I do. He's... I mean, I wouldn't spend it on drugs. I would buy more ASL <laughs> stuff. But if I could it. afford it, it would yes. be so cool. Okay, that's yeah. it.
0: Well, you know, almost. Well, it's all sad. We don't want to talk about that. But they're all, like, criminal, you know. Yeah.
1: What is? <laughs> the drug addiction thing.
0: <laughs> My son, he had on some show where the cops were busting these poor people. It's so sad. Oh, yeah, it's true. It I mean, is it really very sad. Is. So we do apologize. Yeah. <laughs> I have one from Jason Hoffman now. He had emailed saying, I'm doing a Kickstarter this summer for a card game called 1750 Britain versus France. I know it's not the subject you guys do. It's a strategy game dealing with history. So I thought there might be a chance it would be of interest to your audience. Nah. (laughs) That's what I told (laughs) Jeff. I said, we don't want to announce this, do we? Because we're not like a public forum to support your Kickstarters. And Jeff said, being the gracious man he is. Yeah. He said, yeah. Just read it. What the heck? Yeah. So there you go, folks. If you'd be interested in a game card game, 1750 Britain versus France,
1: kickstarter project you can find it there i think it's time we expand our horizons a little bit by the way this episode is brought to you by massengill <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah isn't that a feminine product yeah well you got to go look it up i don't even know <laughs> I, don't, I don't know you hey, don't do you okay uh email here from oh the post actually posted on our website uh, Stuart cahill wrote and said you talked about the movie argo Oh, the embassy yeah, yeah, that helped the yeah. Americans to get out of Iran was the Canadian embassy. Mm-hmm. The British had nothing to do with it. Uh, Love, Stewart. Well, he doesn't say that. I <laughs> added that. but um, And that's right. I went back and listened. To it. I can't believe I made that mistake. Of course I, know, I remember it was the Canadians. I remember I was in college during that whole thing. And I remember watching it closely. And I knew it was the Canadians. I just had a senior moment, I guess. I don't... And
0: they're going to be
1: happening I, more and more often. Man, that ain't right. Wait, what kind of moment did you call it, Senor? Isn't, wor- isn't that offensive to to Mexicans? Because yeah. it's a Senor moment. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. We're yeah, sorry, about, we'll, that yeah, too, we're sorry
0: about that, too, folks.
1: It's old people like. That. We, apologize, all.
0: Paul, Paul Blankenship <laughs> had wrote saying, "I posted on Facebook looking for local players here in the South Jersey area." And Eric Ortega pointed me in your direction for getting some assistance. There's Eric again. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. I posted on Facebook and Game Squad. And if you can help out as well, that's great. So, folks, we're announcing it right here, right now. Email us, Gmail us, and we'll let Paul, uh, with permission to give your g- email address to Paul yeah. Blankenship, if you're in the South Jersey area for some ASL face to face. Right.
1: We love bringing people together.
0: And face-to-face, I think, is much better than so many other options.
1: Now, this was nice. We got a letter from Pablo Garcia, and he writes, he says, I've been a faithful listener for quite a bit, since episode 50 or so. I enjoy your podcast a lot, and as I was listening to your latest yesterday on my drive home from work, I couldn't resist the urge to start composing a letter for you guys. At the outset, someone has to deal with your misery and finally explain to you why the heck those <laughs> those boards are printed; those fort boards are printed on both sides. I can't believe, with your experience with the game, you haven't figured it out. Well, this goes back to a few episodes we were talking about the boards that came with um... Uh, starter. No, no, it was uh, the, the action it was, pack? No, is it the action pack? It's, they're called the journal. The
0: no. Yeah, action pack ten. Yeah, action pack ten. At, was. No, oh my Not gosh, decision we're at going all, to but really now. Yeah. We're just losing it. You know the great thing about the show, folks, is you can hear Jeff and I deteriorate over the years. It's going yes. to be really exciting over the next decade. You know, now. David
1: Letterman resigned recently, and maybe we should too yeah, before it really starts. Yeah, the show. before we really go down the crapper. <laughs> so it was the I'm going to guess AP ten decade of war. I know yeah. it was decade
0: of war. I know okay. it was Fortenberry. Go ahead.
1: So it comes with the maps that are printed on both sides. And we were wondering why it's the same thing on both sides. And the only difference is the way the hexes are numbered.
0: Yeah, different front and
1: back, yeah. Yeah. So he writes, and he gives us a little illustration here, which is very nice. So he says, the beauty of these boards is that they are essentially two halves of a normal board. But instead of being side by side, they're stacked one on top of the other like this. And so for those people that are listening and you're not watching us, I'm going to put my hands like this. To illustrate. (laughs) hope that's helpful. This allows setting up boards in many different combinations, such as as option A, which looks like this. (laughs) Or option B, like this. So maybe we'll put this on there. However, and this is the tricky part, the half wood hexes on the sides, top and bottom of the new fort boards, have to be able to match with both the half wood hexes on the sides, top and bottom of themselves, and the sides, top and bottom of the old boards so that's why they got side a and b so let's you know and we should do this we should take them out and figure it out for ourselves i mean obviously we can we can definitely do that at some point so i uh, thank you for for that good explanation and we'll put a little picture on our if on we, the show if we remember yes if we remember right, <laughs> i'm right, sure right. we will thank you very much and we'll try to that remember it,
0: it for next time
1: yeah he goes on to talk about uh, Valkyrie. He says, I enjoyed your movie review of Valkyrie. A few comments on that episode, which I also liked a lot. First of all, unfortunately, we are past the days of the longest day when Germans spoke German, French spoke French, etc. We have to do with Tom Cruise speaking English in a German uniform. If you haven't done so, go ahead and see uh, Der, Unter, uh, Der Untertang sometime for a German treatment of Hitler. The German press, uh, second, the German press was all over the place with Tom Cruise being the lead actor. They somewhat felt this Hollywood credentials diminished the hero status of Stauffenberg. I guess everybody's going to complain about, you know, leading man pick. Next, their noble motives, in my humble opinion, were a bit murky. This is 1944. After all, when most of the Holocaust had already been criminally committed, Germany was on the ropes. The idea of a line with the West to fight communism was a pipe dream. These guys wanted to replace Hitler with a military dictatorship, after all. It surely would have sped the end of the war, but even then, it would have been too little, too late. That's his idea.
0: I think that's a very valid
1: point. I'm kind of thinking I should have thought of that myself,
0: you know? But I think some were noble, but we don't want to rehash that. But I mean, no, that's a a good point. I wish I had mentioned that.
1: Worth discussing. And you know, it's funny, uh, a lot of times... I like to go to a movie and then discuss it afterwards and sometimes it's challenging you know where it's not something I'm used to doing not used to having conversations like that really taking movies apart so I was glad we kind of did that a little bit for, with that movie yeah we um, had a nice review of it it seems, it seems like a lot of times I'll go to a movie with somebody and then after the movie let's go out for a beer and talk about that movie okay we'll order the beer get the beer on okay, okay. what did you think of the movie it's good what would you think yeah good it was good did you like yeah it was good
0: well, in this case, you know, I watch at home and I take notes on the different elements of it, and you
1: just seem to have it all in your head. Yeah, because I can't take notes. But you, I've never been good at taking remembered notes. Remembered it all. Yeah. We all have our ways. Uh, then he goes on to say the original idea was to have the meeting in a subterranean bunker, but it was moved to a ground location that had windows. So, and that part is very well taken by the film. Stauffenberg could have. Insured Hitler's death if he had stayed with the bomb and killed himself in the process. But hero, mm. heroism only goes so far. Mm. He probably could have. From that was Tom Wilkinson's character, who I had I'd said I didn't I didn't quite get because he was kind of ambiguous. You know, I wasn't sure which way he was going. Yeah. And I think it's supposed to be that way. But re, but uh, uh, Pablo goes on to say, but recall that he um, that it is he that orders Stauffenberg and company. Shot almost immediately when the plot fails, as a way to avoid being incriminated by them. Uh-huh. So, and that was the most merciful way for those guys to die anyway, because some of them did not die that well. Oh, yeah. So, and Terrence Stamp's rocks, Terrence Stamp rocks as Ludwig Beck. But note that Beck had a shot at disposing Hitler way back in 38 39. That would have made a real difference, certainly. But a lesson for all you boys and girls, sometimes your first chance at something is your only chance. And he goes on to say, should I read more of this? Regarding scenes, uh, one you didn't mention is early when Stauffenberg, Tom Cruise, is dressing himself, and the scene is very poignant in the difficulties he has because of his one and only good arm. I believe this scene is taken straight from a written source. Mm. So he, he liked that, and that that was good. Yeah. And that, was, that must have been tough for Tom Cruise to play... Uh, a character like that who is, you know, partially uh, invalid. So guys, keep up the good work. Uh, please keep those interviews coming. Please take the following out when you read this letter. Oh, okay. Well, I won't read Go this on, next then. part. Yes. Great. So thanks, Pablo, for Right. All right, thank you.
0: And a little link sent by Nelson Nasada, And thank you again for support of our, our uh, podcast, Nelson. He bought some of the cards, playing cards. We'll get to that later. Uh, the Board Game Geek link to a phase disc. It's a colored image. It looks like you can turn it to note what phase you're on during the game. Advanced phase. Oh. going to be a phase. Appears to me. But we'll
1: put the link up. Oh, yes. I see it. Oh, yeah. I need that. I didn't see that before. I got to have that. I got to have everything. Print some of those gotta out. got to print it all out. Dan Kim writes and says... Uh, I listened to Episode 2 and 3 today and thought your ASL tournament recollections in Episode 3 were very entertaining. I may attend the local ASL meets. I live in Southern California in the near future. But after hearing your tournament stories, I think I'll pass on Aslock. LOL. Do you happen to know Joe Stedman? He was the co-host and co-founder of the Dice Tower podcast. Just curious because he's a diehard ASL fan. You know, we, we've never met Joe Stedman. No, I don't How does believe so. Yeah. Don't know. Maybe we'll bump into him at the Gen Con. That would be one good reason to go. I'm sure he's dying to meet us. Thanks, Dan, for writing. Hey. Hey. I got the echo on. You know what that means? That can only mean. Well, that could mean one of four or five different things. Which could be one. The echo button is stuck. Two. We're down in the the subterranean basement. Three. There's something wrong with our equipment. Five. It's time for. What's what's in in the the box? box? Hey, folks! It's time for what's in the box. Yeah, I'm hoping that's what the reason is for the echo.
0: We have ASL Annual 95 ah, here, boys. And these, yeah, girls. getting back in the
1: way back machine and it's again. It's called the winter version. ASL the winter, winter
0: version. Look at that.
1: Yeah, I have never seen they that were before. Going to do a winter
0: and summer ASL annual. Yeah, good plan. I noticed, Jeff. This still has a black and white cover that is actually. Only exists because what's on the inside of that? Layovers. for um, Like when you're taking a plane flight and you have to stop in a different place? A layover? Yes. Overlays.
1: <laughs> and they're what? It's a layover. They're overlays. Overlay, overlay, overlay.
0: <laughs> and... <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> it's just funny. I can tell when Jeff's tired. I think he can tell yeah. you know, when I...
0: I can tell he has been working a lot. You know, and I'm
1: going to make him keep doing these. Shows I have slides. been working a lot, and though th- today I sat outside and worked, I actually oh, took my laptop out the back, and I worked out there for about four or five hours, and uh, I got a little toasty <laughs>
0: in my brain.
1: I mean, I was in the shade, but
0: yeah, because it wasn't that hot. Out yeah, today. but I
1: mean, I w- I worked straight through. The fresh air s- helped me six hours on a database project. So yeah, anyway, it's toast. It is. Toasty. So you got work. the overlays, work. the overlay, overs. and he said that
0: they're big. <laughs> Olé. They are um, for deluxe. Yeah, for the deluxe. deluxe And if ASL. I recall correctly... And you do. I Well, I don't know. I thought I cut these out. And here they are. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> now, it's possible I color copied them illegally and then cut them out. But if I re- remember correctly... I mean, I don't know why I did that back in the day. I usually
1: just cut everything out. That was 19 years ago, so the statute yeah. of limitations well, is uh, uh, expired. And... If I recall, these were the
0: wrong size. Now, this is Gary Fortenberry's first effort, I believe, as editor. I suppose there's ways to find this out quickly. Um, Managing editor, Gary Fortenberry. How quickly? Oh, there you go. Wow. Uh, And he did a great job, really. He was a great ASL enthusiast, came in, changed some things up here, Mm -hmm. and then the one mistake with the overlay size. So we forgive you. Yes, we do. Of course, they corrected it. So no problem. And we have the cover with the Pons Group Kipe, Pons Comp Group? Yeah, the Pons oh. Group Kuiper. Okay. Yeah. Photo that we already did on a box art review. And then look at the ad. First advertisement is for? Comp Group Piper 2. Okay, the second Conf Group game. And it says the Pacific Theater is not being ignored. Playtesting scheduled to begin soon on Steve Swan's Mud and Blood featuring the 7th Australian Infantry Division at Gona. The historical ASL map sheet for this dense jungle hinterland and a small coastal village.
1: And do you know that?
0: Have you heard of that? I know. Yeah. No. So was this the one that later came out? 7th Australians? No. There's no historical module with the 7th. Yeah, Australian. I didn't
1: think so either. So, hey, resurrect that just, one for yeah, us or explain what happened.
0: Yeah, Steve, email us, let us know.
1: Maybe it's like uh, Hakapali and just they <laughs> never actually, that will never actually come out with it. Hey, that's coming out this year, and it's already Ju- <laughs> yeah, July. It's Ju- it's July. There's only six short months left. It's, they better be get cracking. soon, man. Yeah. And so. They might be holding it for Aslock. Steve Swan's usual, ar- very dense historical ar- article yeah. on? Airborne Samurai. Which is the Japanese paratroopers, and yeah, yes, which you don't see much of, not much of. Yeah,
0: so there are some scenarios with them. He does his usual treatment with the airborne. I'm going to switch mics temporarily here. Hold on. There I am. Oh yeah. There did you it go. work fine? Yeah, no, I can face forward instead yes. of sideways. Kind oh, yeah, of, kind of. But I'm trying That'll to be show Jeff at the same time.
1: I'm going to turn that mic down so you don't bump it. Yeah. Okay. And. Yeah, we'll turn that mic over. And wait a minute, let's switch to mic eight. Uh, mic eight. bring the boom up. Okay, boom I'm going over 10, to eight. 10%. 10%. All right, and I'm going to be in that? sound room G. I'm moving over to sound room G. Okay, hold on, folks.
0: Yeah. Okay, I'm in. All okay, right, Jeez, is that yeah, working better, better? Jeff? But I can hardly better. see
1: you. Look through
0: the glass and see if you can yeah, see. You. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll turn well, the lights well, up. You can see the magazine. Just barely. So, he does his usual charts of the Japanese Airborne SNLF.
1: Yes, that's uh, the um, SN. S- 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 yeah, because you've yeah. been playing yeah. Tarawa.
0: Soviet yeah. Navy yeah. Landing Force, uh, Samurai s- Naval Landing. Sino,
1: probably. Force. Sino, yeah. Sino, I don't
0: know. We've forgotten, again. Yeah. And Japanese Raiding Regiment. He, you know, he lays out the, if you're going to play these in the game... They would have a leader, counter. they would have a machine gun company with them, yeah. 12 platoons, whatever, and standard Japanese airborne companies. So, again, he's well-researched, and <laughs> scenario mm-hmm. stuff. There's an annual crossfire that's coming back to me now. I remember reading this. Yeah, what is that, annual crossfire? Defeat in Java, Japanese, by Nixon. Oh, okay. And Banazik.
1: Oh, okay. We Our know replay- him. Commentary is that what that replay is? with commentary? He ah, was okay.
0: playing the Allied minor country. Again, nice big map here, the full three yeah, boards, boy. showing all on. the layout. And then they go through all their movements. So I'm looking for some notations that I try and take on strategy. Here's something I highlighted. Shall we? It must be important. We'll find out. <laughs> The half-squad matter. Oh, yeah. Here you go, Japanese players. I totally forgot this. Again, I read these things. I forget everything in them, so it's why I'm such an inefficient player after all these. Well, see,
1: I save time by not... Yeah, I just don't even read it.
0: (laughs) Just play. Yeah. That that
1: way I I save
0: time. Go ahead. The half-squad matter. Now, this is a question apparently of do I deploy or not as a Japanese player, which Dave Kleinschmidt never deploys much with anyone. He needs to start to remember to do it more often. Certainly never with the Japanese. And I have reasons for this that are apparently wrong based on this bit of the article. It's a complex issue that Robert and I cannot exhaust in a few words. Uh, briefly, additional reasons why I like using Japanese half squads are this is Nixon speaking, apparently. Yeah. At, a, added mobility. And not only get to set up more dispersed, but only three squad equivalent maximum instead of five will be inconvenienced in moving the mortars about. To move a mortar with your half-squads, same cost as moving it with the squad. Oh, okay. There's two extra squads, or I guess half-squads. I guess squads, right, will be, because he's doing it out of five guys, will be free to double-time and reach the action much faster. Okay. Okay, yeah. good point. A B, ability to fire off five mortars and maintain acquisition at the loss of only three squads inherent firepower in lieu of five firepower.
1: Now, that's just saying he's going to use a half-squad to fire two mortars right. instead of a squad. Because they can fire, the half squad that fires a mortar will not fire their inherent firepower. Correct. But a squad would keep its own inherent firepower. Yes. Um, But I think range
0: is often an issue. We want to use our mortars long range, and it's usually out of the range of the full squad. So why sacrifice those guys? Yeah. Okay. So he's saying if I wanted to maintain acquisition with five mortars fired by five squads, I would sacrifice 20 firepower but would sacrifice only 12 firepower if I instead used the four half squads and one squad, thereby saving eight firepower and forcing the enemy to contend with the other two squads, free to do as they please. Yeah. C, ability to utilize the otherwise unused Japanese self-rally capability ah. in each friendly mm-hmm. phase. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm like, big deal. Isn't it just one guy? They're not all like Finns. We're going to have self-rally ability. Oh, yeah, well, that's true. If We would know that if a certain game would come out. Yeah, we would. Japanese leaders will seldom help with rally. They often disappear too fast. Mine do. I don't know about yours. They get hit, they get wounded, they're dead. But broken half squad can still come back to life once in a while. Now, this ties into the fact that I disagree totally with Robert's assessment that a Japanese squad's biggest advantage is its inability to break. That may hold, and I, I, but which I agree with Robert. Things coming at you, you shoot it, it goes red, it's still coming. Yeah. And then you shoot it again, it's still coming with a half squad. Right. Whereas if you deploy to this half squad, you're... They break. Robert's point is you're going to break. Yeah. First shot. Now, they may hold true on the attack at a short encounter, but in a long scenario on defense, such as this one, in which the Japanese cannot attack swiftly to reach a conclusion, their steady deterioration and ability to rally back to full strength can prove devastating. Well... Yeah, that's probably true. So on the defense, maybe doing the half-squad game is better because you can route out, rally back, come back again, much like any other nationality. Right. This is one reason why an Indonesian attack through the kunai on this particular scenario is less threatening than one across board 35. The kunai attack delays the heavy fighting until better better than half the game is done, and the Japanese are far better prepared to handle a goal-line stand for three or four turns than a continuous delaying battle for nine turns. But if you're doing a goal line stand with the Japanese, do you want the half squads out there or a full squad? If you've got to shoot at the guys exiting the board? Full squad. Because they turned to the red side, striped. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Um, hmm. So, <clears throat> remember, it requires four failed morale checks to eliminate a Japanese squad, four to eliminate its two half squads, But the two broken half-squad might return to full strength, whereas the squad cannot. When he's ready, he can't go back to full. Yeah. A K result kills a half-squad in either case, but a KIA nails a full squad on one hand and only a half-squad on the other. So if you get KIA'd, you're taking less casualties, too. True, but it's less firepower and so on. But I don't know, but he's making this big argument for using lots of half-squads.
1: Well, and... um... I would think that it's going to depend on the scenario and your strategy in the scenario as to whether or not you'll want to employ either one of those
0: yeah, methods. If you've got to you hold
1: a building and you don't really want to be routing out of it and right. trying to
0: come back into it, yeah. you'd want the full squad. Yeah,
1: hmm, Interesting.
0: Yeah, and then he's got later on here a, a note, or I forget which one. I foresee Japanese half squad huddling in the jungle, struggling to pick themselves up. I think this must be Robert's... Postscript: post-script, yeah, Robert's comment. Mm-hmm. Um, with one friendly multi-man counter self-rally attempt per game turn, the odds of being against him on that, all those guys rallying. Yeah, I think Mark will still have a hard time bringing those broken back into battle. And in the jungle, it won't be all that easy for the other troops to find the mortars left behind by the half squad as they run. Maybe there will be some rusty mortars to go with those broken half squads. Yeah, maybe. And convinced having a full squad on a mortar is going to be better because they're not going to break and leave that weapon. Right. Also. Right, going to stripe side. So that concludes their replay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, Warriors All, this is the bit about having a personal leader.
1: Oh, yes, and which that, we, we touched upon briefly. It feels like we did this already, yeah. but I think we- someone
0: wrote us... A letter talking about it. About Ilan. We talked about it. Th- yeah. Or Rick. And Rich Spilkey. Rich that. wants to try yeah. it. Yes, he does. And then, um, yeah, someone mentioned this. And then I came ac- or I came across this and mentioned it on the last show. Very, yeah. Or a while ago. Coincidentally. So the introduction states, Some time ago in volume 23, number one of the General, we were entertained by the exploits of various B-17s on their bombing missions over Europe. Somehow placing a name on a plane gives it a personality of its own and arouses more interest because in B-17, you can name all the guys in the plane oh. at each of the gunning stations and the the bomber and the navigator, and I did that. I did a series of those, probably 20 of those, and it would change. You know, all my friends were getting killed, which was... Uh, over the years, since the original issue of Squad Leader, we have similarly been able to record the progress and exploits of personalized squad leaders by including them in scenarios we play Either with worthy opponents during campaign games or by adding them to OBs during solitaire play. And so then he says, No, it's been missing in ASL. So here's campaign
1: game leaders for ASL. Wow. Charts. It's kind of a cool idea if you're, if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, and for, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. Would you do it? Probably not anymore, but no. I did really like it in B17. Did you? Seeing who could survive. Yeah. Um, I guess you get attached to those things then, and you yeah. um, you maybe even treat them differently. Could be. I mean, do we like having a counter with our name on it? Yeah. But. And do you, w- when you're playing with Klein or Schmidt. <laughs> yes. Do you play with them differently, knowing that's who they are? Not at all. Yeah. I kind of forget it's them to like yeah. at some point I go, oh, look, that's me. Oh, look, that's
0: me dead that's there. That's half of me. Yeah.
1: Half of me's dead.
0: <laughs> so. Uh, but it does have a little thing about recording their files, awarding points. Anyway, mm-hmm. so this is what was talked about, It's and we now know where it is. Yeah, and
1: who, who came up with that? Who wrote that article? This
0: variation of the concept was David Payne. Okay. Yeah, I've seen his name around. And then introduced the Solitaire game. So yeah, play soon. with you. Yep, yeah. Go play with yourself. <laughs> Very mature title yeah, for their ad really. for the game. <laughs> and then here is our friend Jim Stoller. Oh, what did he write? You remember how prodigious of a writer he is? Yes. And a little introduction by Fort, Fort Fortenberry. And it goes into, I do have some notes over here. Well, he he takes each of these scenarios of Normandy, Night Drop. These were the rewritings of the original squad leaders. Yeah. They started to come out with some of these here. Um, And he does an update. He talks about all the changes. He does an analysis. I mean, it's quite lengthy. Yeah. Lengthy. And this note is this airdrop was famous for its degree of scatter it occurred at night uh, it's from the night drop scenario I don't have it right here in front of me but, making it difficult to identify landmarks mm-hmm. and many of the air transport formations were scattered by anti-aircraft fire near Cherbourg very few units were dropped together were so badly scattered they were unable to get into battle on D-Day. Therefore, the U.S. player does not choose a drop point and roll for accuracy. The airdrop is totally random. This has a result of making every game very different from the next. Yeah, well, I can imagine. And making it virtually impossible for the American to plan and strategy in advance. He must improvise every step of the way, as did his real-life counterparts. Yeah. So I thought that was an interesting take
1: on on that. And hopefully it's not so random that you're... Are dropping off board, like into the ocean, things like yes, that. Yes, I, I don't think that I mean, was
0: on that scenario. Yeah. Very
1: few of them would have
0: real difficulty in surviving. Yeah. landing. Otherwise, you won't make it yeah. past turn one. No. It just
1: wouldn't be worth it.
0: We have hide and seek scenario. Same thing. What he changed in analysis. Pray out the way that was updated. Uh, an advertisement for the Avalon Con World Board Gaming Championships. We should go to that. Later.
1: Yeah. Later if it came. probably easy to get a room.
0: Yeah. And then an article called On Guard Tournament Scenarios from Atlanticon 93. Have you ever heard of wow. Atlanticon? No. I wonder if it's still going. Check. Yeah. Why don't you look that up? And the scenarios were, and I guess they're all in this issue Last of Their Strength. They fired on Odessa. Commando Shanky, yep, that one we play a lot as a teaching scenario or a quick one for a tournament night. And he talks about the advantages. Disadvantages, the usual one, through, but they're very, very thorough discussion, discussions here.
1: Okay. That looks like no. No Atlantic no. popping up there too, nope. too well?
0: Mm-hmm. A little note by Fort. Now, what they did here was they put all the scenarios
1: into the middle. So you're saying these are... Squad leader scenarios that have been rewritten for advanced squad leader? Is not all term? of them, but just not the all ones of them, from Jim Stoller. Yeah, okay. And then the other ones
0: came from the Atlantic Contour. Okay. that were written for that. Yeah. And then they're all back-to-back. You know how they used to be um, having – you couldn't – you did not want to cut them out because it was part of the magazine was on the back yeah, or whatever. Yeah, right. And then here's the debriefing we've been using for our Q&A oh, yeah. quiz
1: show yeah. segments. Which we'll get to In another show or two, next show, not this show, not next, the one one after that. So, my more scenarios, a lot of scenarios. I noticed there were a lot of scenarios. Yeah, Gary upped the quantity of scenarios coming in and he
0: started to rerun them from other other publications, which I kind of was hoping he would get all of them done so I didn't have to worry about having, oh, was this in Route Report or was this in that other magazine? But that's just never going to happen. Yeah, and a fantastic article by Steve Tinsley. Gentle Art of Routing. Yes. I read that.
1: Oh, they did they republish this one? In a, no. It was online, or you borrowed it from somebody? I borrowed it from somebody and read that, and I thought it was very good. And if, it, it brought up a lot of stuff that I don't think about that often. You know, I don't really pay that much attention to routing as a, you know, the strategy of routing. The strategy yeah. of wanting to have places to route. <laughs> <laughs> which in a way is a good thing you're not yeah. planning on losing at that point yeah. well maybe that's that's a good way of putting it but just the strategy of having a place to route having a leader there that can that that can support a squad during a prep fire phase and then during the advance phase route back to where some broken units are are and yep to take care of them in that way and making sure you're routing units to not only to a building but to a building that they where they can't be shot at and re-dm'd on their second route around. You know? Yeah, when I've played you, I think I've said a couple of times yeah. like don't you want to go to the uh, next
0: go, another that hex next back hex. there. Yeah.
1: No, no, I'll rally here. Yeah. I'm like okay, I'll just yeah. shoot you again. Yeah. And he says in there, you know, it's really hard to route. I mean, it's just it's really hard to ra- to rally when you got a DM on you. I mean, it's just the probability is not very good and so much better obviously when you take the DM off, so plan for that. You know, and one thing that I don't think about a lot, or that I think about incorrectly, is when a squad gets DM'd, I get frustrated. Like, oh, they're dead. But they're not dead. They're Mm -hmm. just DM'd. And, of course, they can come back very easily. And I I need to change the way I think about that. Yeah, think of that as an asset coming back. Really can be an asset coming back.
0: And I did take some notes. Maybe I highlighted what you were thinking.
1: Uh, Better
0: yet, advanced concealed in the close combat with the broken unit almost ensuring ambush and elimination of the broken unit as well as allowing your victorious unit to retain concealment and withdraw into another location, wow. possibly capturing that critical location needed for victory. I've never done that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you would remember if you had. I would, because yeah. what's the deal with that? You only route from known enemy units. Right. So you got a concealed guy nearby. Don't let them route away if that's all you can see. Yeah. And there you go. Then you can maybe assault move up, won't lose concealment, and then advance. Yeah. And do this really cool little move on a broken guy. Yeah. Another effective tactic that may occasionally present itself, shown in figure three over up here. Which looks like this. (laughs) Jeff can't see from the booth he went to. It's the German turn. What are the German player's options? Well, how about an assault move from DE to E2, which of course you can't see right? As the German 6467s six, six, are concealed, they're not known to the two broken Russian squads in E1. Hence there's no DM status to inflict. So he's just moving and conceal, guys. Assault moving next to Brokies. They don't get DM'd. Okay? So there's no DM status because it's right. not a known enemy unit. Right. I wonder if I messed this up a lot. And then no route move in the route phase. In the advance phase, advance into E1, get the neg 2 for ambush. The same idea as above, but he's illustrating it here. So the Germans get a neg 2 for ambush, while the Russians would probably have a net of plus 1 if an ambush occurs. The Germans have a neg 3 on a one neg 1 attack. They would need a 7 or less to eliminate both Russian broken squads. Hmm. Yeah. Reveal to make them route further away from yeah. where I want them. Right. Instead of taking advantage of this way of killing them, so it's more devastating if it's a hand-to-hand attack. Availability, red barricades, valor of the guards. A nine or less eliminates both of them. Yeah. Nine or less. What's more, do broken guys fight back? No. No. Nope, they not don't. At all. And he ends here with if during an enemy movement phase. Your first fire is at a moving non-adjacent enemy who has spent two or more movement factors to enter his current location, results in a break. You may have the option to use subsequent first fire immediately if they expended the two movement points, right? Sure. If you don't and no other s- subsequent fire opportunities arise, you get no final fire unless an enemy ends adjacent to you. So if you do exercise the subsequent fire immediately versus a broken unit, you can claim an existing non-assault movement dial modifier. If the enemy only spent one movement factor to enter open ground, it would require a different unit in different location to use first fire with any potential movement yeah. open ground, non-assault move dial modifiers. So,
1: so use that subsequent.
0: In that case, breaking them. Yeah. That he used the two, because when you hit the broken guy and he fails his morale, he's dead half-squatted. <laughs> or gone if he's a half Yeah, if he's a half-squat, he's Correct. gone. There's an ad for Third Reich PC game from Avalon Hill.
1: Ooh, we should get that. The early, I'll early days. I'll put it on days. my uh, Atari. And here's the s- scenario. You know, one, one thing yeah. about routing that they were talking about mm-hmm. that yeah, yeah. I had forgot about and I, wanna, I want to uh, You should highlight episode, these things. Yes, you I should. Read. Um, I want to talk about interdiction in the, within like the next two episodes. But one thing I was reading here is it said that if you are routing and the only thing visible to you is an enemy gun, the gun is pointed in a different direction, can they oh, interdict you? Oh, he has to turn it so he has a plus. You so would have no. to turn it. So no. No. Yeah. That is correct. Yeah. And I'm sure I have not said that, that one one right. Up. Yeah. Yeah, I can't have a plus except for the... Double time plus doesn't count? Um, no, I don't think the double time. No. Just TEMs. Yes, because I for a while I didn't and, know that uh, at all. Yeah. I mean,
0: then I started playing it wrong. Right. Even where if you're CX, you can't interdict. Yeah. Because you got a plus one. And then someone corrected
1: me on yeah. that too. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about
0: the Scenarios of Normandy. Jim Stoller again, mm-hmm. with the Normandy thing, celebrating the 50th anniversary. It's... it's count with the scenarios mentioned in it okay oh and here's then where this scenario comes in and this one comes in over here and you know and again he's quite a prolific writer yes. i'd like to see more of jim's work we know he has that big volume books he's working on we wonder if they'll ever see the light of day Sanlo, khan shabalarg and so on the topography, where it lists the kind of boards published already, with the deluxe boards now out, and series replay. They're still going in this magazine. Holy cow. So God. this
1: puppy, you know, this, so if That's you get your hands big, on this, do you want to buy this, Jeff? Yes, I do. 95 pages, overlays, I thought you were going to say $95, and I thought, <laughs> <laughs> on eBay, hmm, by, I'll take it. By people like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, look at that whopper.
0: Whopper of a thing. Yeah. And series replay again, Steve Peterson and Brian Yaus. Yeah. Yeah, neutral commentator Chuck Gets goats Gets, and uh, they're doing a comp group Piper One game, and holy cow, there's no map yet. There it is. It's there the it is. one yeah. where they're attacking the asylum, and you really need to lay down smoke on this puppy. Come on, where's the scenario title? To Festung Saint Edward, which uh, which I yeah I remember playing this one, and I remember reading this the first time, and I. Reread it again, and I but I didn't highlight any kind of strategic things. You smoke on the um, defensive position if the Americans are ever going to get there. And look at that page after page. Holy mackerel! Chronology of War, where they list all the scenarios in order historically so far published. Again, my friend Wally always wanted to let's start at the beginning. Yeah, We're 1937, yep. go all the way to. Yep. by then it was 1946 partisans in russia against the russians oh wow
1: now i'm sure it's even later and earlier all right and that wraps up what's in the box that was a beauty asl ASL annual 95 yeah 20 years old 19 years old and this one i noticed had half a mix of historical stuff
0: and then half a mix of more tactical things yeah like those earlier ones that were more
1: historical rather than asl related yeah thank you dave and last but not least, for this episode, we have an announcement to make. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the card sale will be ending soon. As of this
0: recording, I think there's like three decks left of the OBA cards. Of the yeah, OBA they, cards, they no, went quick. They you may they may reappear in a year or two. Yeah, but they may not. M P. <laughs> We're withholding. We're holding. Um, home. because it's easier for us to produce those than to recreate the T-shirts from four or five years ago.
1: Yeah. Perry wants a deck of the cards, and I said, "Sorry, <laughs> maybe Sorry, later." When... Yeah, they're currently out of print. <laughs> so anyway,
0: when those are gone, you won't—they won't be available for quite a while, if ever. Again, no guarantees on that at all. <laughs> you like Walt right? Disney? Isn't that right, though? Yeah, where, is that where it's you're g- at? Going back in the vault. <laughs> and see, Jeff and I haven't really talked about this at all, um, but we have other exciting news. Yeah, we've got new T-shirts. How about that? Ready and available.
1: Yes, ready and available to go. Beautiful t-shirts with art designed specifically for the two half squads by an artist. From Australia. Yes, Stephen Kiss. And he is the artist of the cards. You'll recognize the faces of us from the cards. Yes. And these are beautiful t-shirts in a beautiful blue with a two half squads. It's a two half squads counter on the front and on the back. It sure is. It's a little more... Featuring uh, art of us. (laughs) It's a little more egocentric than our original ones. But I don't know. Uh, I like them.
0: Personally, egocentric. And light blue
1: for a German counter color. Yes. And uh, they feature, so on the front, there's a half squad counter with a. um, well, the designation, a six, and what do you call that thing in the middle there? The
0: range. That's an
1: infinity symbol. Oh, that's that's an infinity because, symbol. Because okay.
0: what's our range, Jeff, with this podcast?
1: Well, it's and we have infinite range. Through the power of the internet, our power can reach across the whole planet. So that's why we have an infinity symbol there. Yeah. And a high and morale. We have a high morale. We've been never been known, except when a listener wrote in uh, about not liking Box Art Review. Yes. Yeah. Uh, certainly, the
0: cartoon sound effects was another close <laughs> one, and then came the infamous farm noises <laughs> yeah. interludes on the greatest hits. But I keep popping back. Jeff yes.
1: doesn't make enough mistakes to challenge his morale. I don't reach very far beyond my <laughs> my own areas. That's why. And you'll see, we have a firepower of six. So, so we, that's a nice yeah. like a that's a nice number yeah. for firepower. Yeah. If they and, and Steve writes here, if they roll below the pin test check, instead of the normal IFT result, they compel the target to order an ASL starter kit from M M P. There you go. We do encourage purchasing starter kits from MMP. Yeah. And I notice we have spraying fire in there. We do. Yeah. That's because when the podcast is on speakers, it affects all nearby listeners. Oh, thank you, Steven. Yeah. These are Steven's notes on yeah. his artwork. Very nice. We have, um, we are also elite, because after 100 episodes, no one can argue that we are the best of our kind. There you go. It We're is the, the only of our kind. We, we are the best ASL podcast. No, no question That's about That's true. It. Yeah. And then on the back of the shirt is the broken side. That's us broken. Uh, their broken side refers to episode 13, when Dave slipped on the stairs and Jeff got shocked by the microphone. Yeah, definitely broken. But our rally value is 12, and we, we self-rally. Because we recover immediately. Even with uh, desperation morale, they have a better than average chance to rally. Although I would argue
0: that occasionally a nice, supportive listener letter or donation does perk me up. It does. It does. You're sitting there going, no one really listens to this. What is the point of all this work? It's just fun for ourselves. But we could also be gaming. And then suddenly you'll get a nice letter go, oh, wow, we should keep making these shows.
1: Yeah, we should. But we should also be gaming. The so same let's time. get that on the books. We haven't came in a while. So get those t-shirts. Send us 20 huh. bucks. Tell us. No, no. First, Gmail us. Gmail us. Ask Check us out. if we got a shirt. Make, make sure we've got them. Because. Tell us what size you want. Tell us what size you are. What we would like you to do we, is... We will not <laughs> reveal it on the air. Yeah. Go to Men's Warehouse and so you have your size fitted. <laughs> Tell us what size you are. Get measured. We don't need your inseam length. No, and there's no. a
0: limited quantity. Now, listeners who did purchase years ago may remember those shirts ran a little tight. Yeah, these don't. These are these a little roomier. Do not. These are roomier shirt. I personally picked out the brand. Looking at all the other ASL shirts I had from all the attorneys and things, it's a Gildan dry blend. I highly uh, recommend it. Dry clean only. Uh, no, no. You can throw it right no, in the wash. Nice cotton shirts. And Gmail us size, address, will reply with a go ahead with your purchase or not. Yes. Because we have only like three mediums, like five large, maybe eight extra large, 10 or eight, two XLs. And this time we learned our lesson. People complained last time we didn't have a three X, three XL, which we do now have. I think I put in an order for six of those. Wow. And when they're gone, folks, they're gone. They're gone. We're not reprinting these. Reprinting these. We're not. You won't see no, them again. We probably won't. No. Nope. No. This is a one-off. So get them while they're hot. There's only 30 of various sizes left, or less than that. We've already sold some overseas. Yeah. To people ordering the decks of cards.
1: Yep. Oh. So very good. And yeah, that's going to wrap up this show episode 120 is coming to a close. So if you have any last minute uh, thing you want to add to 120. Oh, yeah, shipping. Uh, sorry, time's up. <laughs> oh. Shipping. Oh, shipping. S- seems to run 20 bucks to UK,
0: 19 to Switzerland. I just shipped out some there and um Australia is I think about 20 also. Hmm. Alaska
1: still only like 5 bucks. Not bad. I Guess it's part of the well, United yeah, States. Should be. So until then, thanks everybody for listening. Join us again next time for another exciting episode. And remember to roll low and rally well, but but not not when when you're playing us. us. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Shirt to really makes you look taller. Well, thanks. It's probably because when you did
0: the artwork, you didn't make me fatter than you. We're both like the same thinness. We're good so, looking, but our heads are huge. Yeah, a little cartoony, a little comedic, very Yeah, a, a it's very it's funny. Very shirt, funny. Shirt, you know, much yeah.